0: You're listening to hashtag nofilter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at just plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, then just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Um Or you can always give us a follow at No Filter with Zach if you just want the tea or you can join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope you are drinking some fizzy Housewives-inspired wine for yourself, packing a punch at 13% alcohol by volume but less than a gram of sugar. It is my Housewives-watching wine. It's No Filter wine. I like to call it my Housewives-watching wine because it's what I drink when I'm watching Housewives. It's what I was drinking when I was watching Beverly Hills. It's what I was drinking when I was watching Dubai. And it is juicy, baby. Um, It's very yummy. It's very delicious. It's light. It's crisp. And it's inspired by some of our favorite, most iconic housewives moments, from Beverly Hills, Atlanta, Salt Lake City, and New Jersey. So you can get it right now at nofilterwine.com. It's perfect for summer. It's in a can so you can sneak it into your Uber on your way out or you can bring it out by the pool and not have to worry about breaking any glass. It's housewives inspired. So if you have a housewives watching night where you invite some friends over to watch some housewives or you're just in chilling, watching some TV, chilling, minding my business. You so I looked around and I couldn't believe this. I stared, I swear, my niece, my witness, my brother, a brother had it going on. Um, I won't, I wouldn't subject you to the rest of that. But anyway, yes, stock up on my no filter wine at nofilterwine.com. That is nofilterwine.com. 13% alcohol, but less than a gram of sugar. Must be 21 or older to order Please drink responsibly, guys, but I hope you have a fun Liddy City weekend, and we are going to kick off a fun Liddy City summer. <sighs> okay, this is literally my third time taping this episode, because the last 24 hours have been so wild and so crazy, um, and I know I hyped up on Instagram that I was doing a whole like expose episode on this person that has drug up a lot of drama between Kathy Hilton and Lisa Renna. Taped a whole thing on them and all of the lies that this person has been telling, and how Rena and Kathy got dragged into it, and how we were all basically catfished by this person and the stories that he was spewing. Um, did a whole, you know, dedicated chunk of this week's episode. Well, first of all, I have to clarify. I taped our regular Thursday Night Live last night, which is available on YouTube and available on the Instagram, but it didn't save the audio for the podcast, so I ended up having to retape that this morning, and then I was like, oh, well, this is perfect because now I can expose this person for all their lies and all the things they're saying that they're working for people that they're not actually working for and that they were hired for things that they, I don't believe, were ever actually hired for. And then I started exposing lies on Instagram, and then this person started retaliating and um told me that they were going to send me a letter uh for, that i was going to hear from their lawyers which never ended up happening thank you very much i didn't remove any of this content for that but then this person started taking like cheap shots at me and making fun of my face and my teeth and all of that shit and i'm just like this is silly and this is ridiculous and my brand like the no filter brand is not like feuds and like fighting with people on the internet. Like, yeah, that's fun and juicy to watch. But like, to me, that's not interesting. And none of this is productive. And uh, us content creators, podcasters, YouTubers, one don't need to give this person any more attention because they are clearly thirsty and they will go in a spiral in 48 hours when they're out of the news feeds. Um, But one, like this is not productive. Two, it's really just a bunch of false stories that a person is trying to or false narratives that a person is trying to put out there to gain attention for themselves. And I think it's time to take attention away from that person because this person doesn't appear to be well. Um, If you can tell so many different stories and craft so many different narratives and try to twist details to me, I'm just like, no, I'm cleaning my hands of this. We're not diving into it any further. We're just not going to give this person any more attention. That is my my thing and my take. If somebody needs to go to such extreme lanes to get this type of attention, and um, they built it off of false narratives. To me, that's just not somebody that is all there. So we're going to move on from that. We're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Tom Girardi because he was just disbarred. Um and I have some feelings about that. Well, let's talk about the latest Stassi versus Jack's beef. Um, Real House says Dubai, we'll get into that. Real House says of Beverly Hills was a little frustrating for me. Or it was good, but it was a little frustrating for me with Crystal this season. I was just kind of like, Crystal, girl, you're like kind of annoying me a little bit. I don't really know where you're coming from. You're talking about like words that are strong words, but not strong words. I don't know. Beverly Hills has been great. Consistently great. Dubai was good. It was a solid start. I'm curious to see where it takes us. But anyway, I did want to just address why all of the content came down off of Twitter and off of Instagram, number one. And number two, I also did just want to address... um why I edited this episode and I'm re-taping an intro and you know took a bunch of junk out of it because we're not going to give thirsty-ass people the attention that they don't want or deserve, but I can confirm that this person was not hired by anybody related to Bravo. No Real Housewives of Beverly Hills hired this person or had any connection to this person. It was all false stories that were made up for attention, and at this point, we need to give this individual... No more attention. We need to take the attention away from him and like actually talk about shit that like, you know, is more interesting. But anyway, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Let's get into the tea. Let's get into it. Tom Girardi has officially been disbarred. Yes, it is about motherfucking time. The California State Bar has slapped Tom Girardi with 14 counts of ethics violations and has officially disbarred him. What that means exactly, I don't really know because we know that he already voluntarily turned in his law license after being put under conservatorship. So is this a good thing or is this them just kind of trying to cover their ass? I don't really know. He's not practicing law. He's in an old folks home. So I don't really know what this means in terms of the California State Bar. We do know that they have previously said that they weren't going to pursue any legal action against the lawyers at the firm. That was a while back before this new news came out um, a couple of days ago. With the 14 counts of ethics violations, um, he has now officially been disbarred. So he's been removed from the directory of attorneys here in California. And he's also been ordered to pay. He's been ordered by the bar court to pay $2.3 million in restitution, which are damages and interest on top of that. He was also slapped with $5,000 in penalty fees. The 2 million is expected or yeah, the, the 2 million figure is expected to go to some of the alleged victims, or I guess they're not alleged anymore because some of them are starting to prove their case. Um, and that's the children that lost their parents in the Lion airplane crash that Edelson is representing. We often hear of them as the orphans and the widows. Well, the orphans are um, the ones that were entitled to this money that was um, awarded by the bar court. So they're entitled to this judgment. We know that there are currently over 500 million claims from people that allege that Girardi Keys didn't pay them. How you lose half a billion dollars, I don't really know. Um, a lot of those claims still have to be investigated and still have to be proven. I believe only about 200 of them have been proven so far. And a lot of the ones that have been proven are mostly creditors and banks that Tom lent money from. They're able to get Um, they're able to be in the secured creditor category because they had contracts, they had collateral, or in the rare case, like the Rui Gomez family or the Lion Air clients, they um, were able to get a judge to sign off on that judgment. So it's unfortunate. Um, Yeah, it's unfortunate that it's taken this long. It's unfortunate that they're is a lot of money that seems to have not gotten paid. And it's unfortunate that we're not talking enough about the lawyers and the bookkeeper and the employees of Girardi keys that clearly had to have, in my opinion, um, had to have known about it. I think that's a logical conclusion to come to that. They, it's not like they couldn't know anything. I know everyone wants to hold Erica accountable. Um, But, like, again, all of this is still unfolding. There are still investigations that are going into it. When you have $500 million that's out there, it's very easy. Like, I can say, hey, I met Tom Girardi, and he promised me $5,000 in a settlement. Or let's say I was a client of his, and he, you know, paid me a portion. And I'm like, no, I think I was owed more. I'm entitled to more money. This is what my total settlement was. You know, they have to literally go through every case, look at the contract of every case, and see, okay, what was the total settlement that was awarded? What was the percentage that girardi Keyes was entitled to keep? And then what was the money that was supposed to go to the actual victims that Girardi-Keese was representing? What was that percentage and what was that dollar amount? And do we have transactions that prove that that money was actually paid out? Um we haven't done that with all these cases and there are a lot of them. That's why when we see Erica this in this week's episode say that we don't know if all the creditors are telling the truth, she's technically right. Do I love that she said that? No, but she is technically right in saying that. I mean, the reason I don't love it is because it does sound very tactless and a little tone deaf and, and the way it's edited or the way that we saw it or the way that she said it or delivered it makes it seem like she thinks that the victims are lying. I don't think she was necessarily saying the victims are lying about not getting their money. I think she's saying that it was more of like when somebody has a lot of money to start dishing out. A lot of people are going to start putting their hands out and saying, I'm owed money. I'm owed money. I'm owed money. We've heard a lot of different stories about people that didn't aren't necessarily able to prove their claims, but that have come out, because I've had a few of them come out to me and be like, I don't think I got all of my settlement money. I don't think he gave me everything that I should have gotten. And it's like, well, can, can you prove that in the court of law? And if you can, then definitely start line up and, and go collect your money because you're entitled to that money. But you also have to be able to prove that in court in front of a judge. The Rui Gomez family has been able to do that. The Lion Air victims, the orphans and widows, they've been able to do that. I did reach out to Jay Edelson, though, because we do know that he is representing the Lion Air victims, the Lion Air clients, and that they, they're they owed a couple million, and an Illinois judge ruled in support of that. I reached out to him for comment, and he clarified that this is really just another court claiming that Gerard Keys owes money, but pursuing that and from whom is what Edelson is now in the process of having to prove I mean, it's the same as when the judge said that, you know, the Rui Gomez family was entitled to $11 million that they were still owed. And it's the same as when the Illinois judge said that the Lion Air clients are owed $2 million. You know, it doesn't really mean much because they're just saying, hey, pay these people. Um but in terms of where that money is actually going to come from, this is why you see a lot of people going after Erica directly because they think they have a better chance if they sue her directly that she may settle or they may get some money out of her versus waiting for the bankruptcy trustee to actually dish out these payments. I believe the Rui Gomez family is already in negotiations to start getting some of their pay, their settlement money back. We do know that there are a number of people that are owed money. So the job of the bankruptcy trustee, at least for the Jordy Key side of things, because we also know that Rund runs the— um, personal Tom Girardi uh, bankruptcy. He's the trustee there and he's handling the personal finances, which are basically like contractors, housekeepers, gardeners, whatever. I don't know specifically, but just to give you a frame of reference, people that, you know, worked closely to, that were hired personally by Tom Girardi that are claiming they haven't gotten all of their payments. He's handling that. Elisa Miller is handling the Girardi-Keith bankruptcy and she has to determine—she has to, one, liquidate all of his assets. She has to collect on outstanding settlements that haven't been paid. She has to close out outstanding cases that have yet to be um, concluded and then use all of the money that's brought into the trustee or to the bankruptcy and use that to start to pay people off. I believe the Rui Gomez family is at the front of the line for that. The Lion Air clients—I mean, this is—I think— Well, I was going to say, I think this is a win for them because it says that they're entitled to $2 million. But again, Elisa Miller and the bankruptcy team, they're the ones that are ultimately going to determine how and when those victims get paid out. So... The other interesting point, though, is somebody said that Jay Edelson had promised to use his insurance money to pay the clients, the Lion Air clients up front, and that he was then going to pursue whatever was left outside of that, but at least they were going to get their money. So I don't know how this affects them necessarily, and I don't know how this affects Jay Edelson. I would still love to get him on the podcast, but every time I ask, he says no, but- Because he says he doesn't want to do like this big press thing. But I mean, I think more than a press thing, this is interesting and we would love to get to know about it more. He loves doing Kate Casey's podcast. Um, But anyway, that it's a step in the right direction. For now, at least, we'll see what ends up happening. We'll see how it all shakes out. We'll see how Jay Edelson ends up collecting his money. We do know that there is money in the bankruptcy trustee um, with the liquidation of the assets. Like, all things are moving. We're going through the books, we're doing investigations. So, at least on that front, things are moving in a positive direction. And then on the other side of things, when it comes to the California State Bar, They're at least owning up. They're taking accountability for things. I hope that they also discipline Keith Griffin and David Lira. I I hope that they disbar them as well because they were very much a part of all of this. Like Tom Girardi, we know he's in an old folks home. He can't do anything, um, which is why everything is now on the responsibility of the trustees. But we'll have to see how it all shakes out. It's a good thing that the bar is acknowledging this. It's a good thing that they're taking accountability. It's a good thing that things are moving in a positive direction. We'll have to see where this goes from here, though. OK, um, we did also last night chat or kind of laugh about how Ramona leaked Teresa's wedding date and location, because on her Instagram story, she showed um, a video of the wedding invite and that revealed the date and the location. And everyone thought that that was kind of funny. I'm pretty sure Teresa didn't think that that was kind of funny. Andy Cohen, uh, after Ramona wished him a happy birthday yesterday, was like, well, Ramona, if, if anything, I hope one day you accidentally reveal the date and location of one of my future parties which I thought was hilarious. It's very typical Ramona. I kind of just laughed about it. I didn't think it was that serious. Then we have some beef between, um, former Vanderpump Rules stars, Stassi Schroeder and Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright and Bo. Um, Beau Clark. So Stassi and Bo revealed on their podcast that there was a Vanderpump Rules couple that did not attend their wedding that was invited. The couple is apparently Jax Taylor and Brittany Cartwright. Apparently Jax for weeks was going around telling people that he wasn't going to attend their Rome wedding. And he was also talking shit about Bo saying things to some of his friends. Yet when Stassi and Bo would ask Jackson Brittany, they'd be like, no, we're definitely coming to the wedding. Like they would confidently reassure them that they would absolutely attend the wedding and that they wouldn't miss it and that they'll be going to Rome and that this was definitely for sure happening. Well, right before Stassi and Bo were set to leave to the airport for their wedding, Brittany text and told her that they would not be able to make it after all. Apparently, she sent her a whole novel of like all the reasons they wouldn't be able to attend. It's interesting. Some people in the live last night were basically saying like that doesn't really make sense, though, because you have to book plane tickets and book hotel reservations and all that in advance. Stassi said that they've known about this wedding for a year so they had time to book everything and they had time to plan everything and remember there were only 34 guests that were attending this wedding Stassi and Bo really cut their guest list once they found out that Vanderpump Rules wasn't going to be covering it and once they found out that Vanderpump Rules um, are mostly because they found out that they weren't going to be coming back on Vanderpump Rules so their income had taken a major hit so instead of trying to do this big grand wedding for all these guests they figured let's just make a great experience for a very few number of people then Ended up picking 34 guests that they were going to have invited to this wedding. Jackson and Brittany were part of those 34, which, when you have that limited number of people attending your wedding, every per- every head counts. Like to pull out at the last minute is really shitty. And Stassi said that she was upset because there were other people that she would have loved to have had those seats loved to have had there and that those people would have loved to have taken their seats that you know could had she had two extra tickets there were a number of people i mean listen their wedding was originally supposed to be what like 200 guests there are other people that would have loved to have attended that would have spent the money that would have flown out there that would have spent every dime on hotel expenses and you know gotten the whole rome trip out just to be there for this special day And I mean, I think it's shitty. They knew for a year. It was a very, it's not like this was a last minute invite. Stassi said she was mainly hurt because she thought that they were better friends than that and that she didn't think that they would do this to her and Bo, especially not as they were about to fly out to Europe. Like, it's one thing to cancel two weeks in advance, you know? At least at that point, you can still find somebody to maybe squeeze in at the last minute, maybe somebody that's willing to make the trip that wants to actually be at the wedding. You can make it work, you know? The Stassi said that she was hurt. But I guess that's why we saw, you know, when Britney was out and about and hanging out in the days leading up to the wedding. We don't know exactly what the reasons were. We just know that Britney sent a long text message. I think it should have been a phone call. I think it should have been well before they were heading to the airport. Like, that's shitty. This is literally their wedding. You're telling them as they're about to head to the airport to fly to Rome for their wedding. And this is where you're going to tell them that you're going to text them that you can't make it to the wedding after all. It's shitty. But apparently, Jax was texting Bo's friends and talking shit about Bo and saying that they had no plans to ever attend the wedding. And when Bo approached him about it in the weeks leading up to it, Jax was like, No, that's not true. I never, you know, I I would never say that we're not going to go because we're absolutely going to go. And then Bo says that he had an entire album of all these screenshots of different messages that Jax was sending to people. And then he would send them to Jax and be like, but here are liberal screenshots of what you actually said to people. And then Jackson would be like, oh, yeah, I did say that. But that's not true. I wasn't being honest with that. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, are you our friend? Are you coming to our wedding? Like, first of all, you shouldn't be talking shit about anybody whose wedding you're about to go to, number one. And then to go around and say, I'm not going to the wedding. I'm not going to the wedding. I'm not going to the wedding. To the wedding. To the wedding. To the wedding. Screw them. And then to be like, no, I'm absolutely going to the wedding. Like... Bo said he was just kind of sick of it, that it kind of became a joke after a while, but when they canceled at the last minute and it became real, that that's when he was really hurt and disappointed by it. Which is shitty and fucked up and, you know, sucks for them. Um, we did also kind of touch on Real Houses of Dubai last night. I wasn't wildly jazzed by it. I gave it maybe like a 7.5 out of 10. I thought it was a good premiere. For a a start, I thought it was good. We got introduced to the women. Like, there's not going to be high stakes, high drama, or high anything. Like, we're just getting to know these women. We're just being introduced to them. We're getting introduced to the city, the culture. I thought it was a good starting point. Um... Was it a knockout? Not yet, but we have to wait wait and see. Salt Lake City wasn't a knockout initially. It was a great season. I enjoyed Salt Lake City, Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I think we have to give it at least a good four or five, maybe even six episodes before we make a fully formed judgment and before we build any sort of emotional attachment to any of these women. Do I envision it being like my looking forward to show every week? Maybe not. But, but it's, it's like fun, like, fun, like, like on in the, in the background as I'm cooking, cooking dinner, dinner type, type of show. show. I, I that's, that's, you know. You know. There's, there's glitz, there's glam, there's luxe, there seems to be a little bit of drama. It's hard to really get into the drama because, again, we don't really know the women. And that's why it's not amazing when you have the drama right out the gate because you don't know them. You don't have an emotional attachment to them. You don't know what team you're on because you don't know which person you like better or don't like better based off of their behavior or their history or their actions in the past. You don't know who the thirsty one is. You don't know who the pot stir is. You can kind of sort of make predictions and assumptions, but... For the, the most part, part we don't, don't know them yet to make a fully formed judgment of Real house of Dubai. So we're going to watch it. We're going to keep it going. Um, I, I, tried I tried to watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. Atlanta. I think it's not great this season. Um, OC was not great this season either. So Housewives as a whole is just starting to circle the drain. I know there are rumors about casting for OC and their rumors that Dr. Jen Armstrong and, and that Gina have been fired from Royal House of Orange County. Those are unconfirmed. Those, Those are just kind of rumblings online. So we shall see what happens. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed, enjoyed this week's episode of Hashtag New Filter. filter. Sorry that the you live, missed the live, guys. But at least you got, got a little, little bit of a live because I went live when I was breaking down, down Patrick the Patrick stuff. So, so at least, least you got, got a little, little taste of it. it, a little sizzle, a little zing. All right, guys. I love you. I appreciate you. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. If you, and I also hope that this weekend is filled with lots of no-filter wine. It is my uh, fizzy Housewives-inspired wine line. It is perfect for when you're watching Real Housewives. It's also perfect for summer. It is in a can, so it is pool safe. You can take it out by the pool. You can have it during your Housewives watch parties. You can just be getting Liddy City as you're watching all the crazy shit that goes down on Beverly Hills. Um, because there was a lot of crazy shit that went down on Beverly Hills. And Crystal's, like, Crystal's, like really annoying. Join me and I actually kind of found myself maybe being a little, little bit Team Sutton. What? When? Where did, when? Where did that come from? First Alweed Shady as ever. ever um, and, and I love it. I, I go into those deeper, deeper in the live from, from last, last night. More of a, more of a deeper recap, recap into Dubai and in Beverly Hills, Hills that I, I'll spare you, you guys, guys with here. So if you want, want to join the YouTube, YouTube you can. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach and get your wine at NoFilterWine.com. 13% alcohol by volume but less than a gram of sugar. So you will get Litty City without the gnarly wine headache. I you guys mean Bye. Bye.